podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And how are we? Welcome to the Nina Kaza show. Oh my God, I cannot believe what I saw there. An absolute gold fest, overindulgent stuff. Cocky Bobby's back. Everything's great. All the strikers score. Um, incredible, incredible, incredible stuff. And um, uh, before I go any further, this show is brought to you in partnership with Liberty Shield, the perfect VPN companion for all your entertainment and privacy needs, where you get a massive 25% off using the coupon code AIVPN. Liberty Shields offers free VPN apps for iOS, Android, Amazon, Fire Stick, Mac and Windows. Right, now that we've got that done, I have two incredible guests and I'm really, really heavily relying on them because literally... I am everywhere, and joining me on this podcast, it is the dynamic duo who I like to call Tweedledum and Tweedledee because they make me laugh and they're awesome. I love them. It is Sam Evans and Dave Horrocks. Welcome to Horrocks. I was I was doing so well. I was doing so well. I'm Great so start as always, Nina. Flying up the blocks as usual. <laughs> you know what? You know what, Nina. You're like the podcast in Usain Bolt. Usually start off quite poorly, but then absolutely fly in by the end of it. So. Uh... Yeah, we'll take that. Uh, I was just I was just gonna say these 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 twelve thirty Saturday breakfast kickoffs, as Klopp usually calls them, have the ability to completely ruin your weekend if it goes yes. wrong. Mm. And, you know, that, that Brighton game where we conceded the penalty in the ninety third minute really dodgy just ruined my Saturday and my weekend. So to have the exact opposite thing happen today, I'm just smiling from year to year, so much so. I just cracked open a celebratory lilt, which is how rock and roll I am these days. That um, was such we're... my drink as a child. I ain't even gonna lie. <laughs> this is how rock and roll I am because I can't go anywhere, can't do anything outside the house. So that's as rock and roll as I get these days. Yeah, fun fact about me: I was at Lad Fizzy Drinks as a kid, and um, it was the most common drink at Asian weddings. So I used to go to every Asian wedding so I could have some milk. Like, I'm just going to put that out there. And you know what, Dave? You are an exceptional human being because despite me butchering your name, you still come. Glutton for punishment. How are you? <laughs> I'm brilliant. And I can only, uh, you know, echo what Sam said there. After that Brighton game, Christ, my whole weekend was just completely ruined. Mm. And now, especially with what happened in midweek as well, it's, you just feel so good, don't you? And I'm mm-hmm. itching to get on here. And I'm equally as rock and roll because, you know, just as the, at the end of the match there, Go I made on, myself a celebratory cup of tea. So, <laughs> so I'll be what? supping we've, that as we're talking. We've got lilt, we've got a, a brew, and I am just drinking water hydration people it's key so there you go okay we've got some callers and i'm sure they're absolutely excited and thrilled um incredible stuff and joining us first is the main man himself he's got to collect the pressing stats so we will give him the first slot plus he's my boss and i can't really say no to him it's gag standing welcome to the show (laughs) (laughs) 
you know what? It feels so different. It feels so relieving, you know, when you go top of the league six points clear and after the hell that every supporter has gone through for two months, because it's literally two months nearly to the day, I suppose, since since uh, Van Dyke went down. And we have to admit since then, and maybe just a bit before that because of the Villa game, it's been it's not been fun for us really. The results have been decent, very good actually since VVD, but we've just been stressed, you know. Mm. So when um, when your squad works as hard as this, and I think that's my overall point is the squad. So I want you to talk about that first. That there's there's members of this squad that have gone through so much, like worked so hard. Ginny and Robbo for one. And then people like Hendo have got injured, but before that were overplayed. Since coming back, have been overplayed. Mm. Trent's been overplayed since he come back. You know, they're all stepping up. Literally, everyone. The front three are just machines. You know, so to step up, and their morale must have been hit big time with uh, with losing. You know, Verge, and they were. You could see, and then when Gomez went. They were distraught. I mean, Hendo was like, I still can't get over it. He's still saying it on, on fucking TV. He's saying it. So if we're going through it, imagine what the players are going through. And yet they're six points clear at the top. And they've had some shit VAR decisions going against them as well. At Everton, at Brighton, you know, just things that just we could have got four extra points for. But they never stop. They never stop. The mentality monsters, you know, words are just so perfect for this bunch of players and they're so talented Naby comes in does a great job if he can stay fit he's going to be so amazing I mean Curtis Jones deserves so much praise over the last few months but going away to Palace after two days rest not even any rest majority of the team playing winning 7-0 it's not an easy place to go the fans not being there helped us today but I'm not making any excuses for Palace but for for Liverpool that's unbelievable this is Without Van Dijk, without Thiago, without Gomez, I mean, I haven't even mentioned, mentioned Fabinho yet. That just shows you, like, he's literally the player of the year for me. And I just have to say that the squad is is going levels beyond what I expected or, you know, I thought they they would cave by now, but they haven't. There's the odd draw here and there, but we can expect that. And like I said, we should expect that. But now... Spurs and Palace back-to-back, big wins like this. Mm. We're flying. And honestly, top at Christmas, no matter what anyone does, I think we're going to win it again, you know. And I just wait, I just would like you to talk about the squad and, and, and the manager and his coaching staff, how they've managed this with all the shit that's gone on at the club. To be six points clear here is nothing short of a of remarkable, you know, it's a miracle. And winning it this year will be the greatest achievement, bigger than last year's. Mm, I agree, yeah. Is that everything, Gags? Yeah, I'm done. Chop, chop, get back to pressing. And um, Steve Pizza has just sort of come in as well and says, and the four would still be complaining when they've been taken, being taken off. Absolute monsters. Completely agree with you there, Steve Pizza. Hope you're well. Um, Sam, I'm going to come to you because this time of the year, we know this. I mean, the fixtures have been jam-packed. And, you know, I want to get your thoughts on this because that flaw- that performance was flawless. I mean, we started off really well and then it looked like Palace was coming back. But I think what really kind of helped and kind of really pushed and elevated the team was we took our chances. Every chance we got in that first half, we took. 
and we put the thought to them and their sort of um, their mentality and their game plan absolutely crumbled and we took full advantage of that and I want you to talk to me about the importance of that kind of, you know, taking your chances early, because I think when we do that, every team just crumbles. And at this time of the year as well, where it's not only about physical fatigue, it's also a mental fatigue thing as well. Yeah, I I think the incredible thing about this Liverpool team, and it's, it's been built over the last, say, three years or so, is we, we just don't panic. Like we were, we we scored the nice early goal today, which was brilliant. Um, you know, we we've not performed too well at these breakfast kickoffs uh, of of late. <laughs> um, so um, it's great that we got that early goal, and I was really chuffed. It was Minamino as well. I think he's he's deserved that for how he's kind of stuck in there. But after that goal went in, I must say, you know, Palace are a bloody dangerous team. You know, players like Zaha, Schlupp is a handful. I thought he had a very good game today. You know, um, Eze looks a real talent. I think he's about 22, but if he could really develop over the next few years, um, they're a handful and they had their chances to get the equaliser today. You know, But we as a team are used to grinding it out. Last season, the amount of games we ground out one goal victories was incredible. So today, despite everything that we've had to put up with, you know, Gags is pointing out there, the, the hell we've had to go through with injuries and everything. And that basically Klopp's making us look a mug at this moment in time. The way that we are clear at Christmas, we're going to be top at Christmas. Despite all of the problems with defence, we thought it was negligent, them not bringing in a defender. You know, it could still cost us at some times. But bloody hell, I think we might have underestimated the, the quality in this squad. I think players like Curtis Jones before the start of this season weren't kind of counted um, Reese Williams is obviously a big surprise as well that's come into the team. Um, Fabinho has been absolutely incredible. I think he's been the key to it all, as Gag said. Because we lost such a key man in Verge, no one else in this side could have dropped into centre-back. And it's not just the, the play, it's just the the cap. He's almost acting like a captain back there. He's being incredible. So, yeah, I just think today now... As soon as we got the second, I think Palace thought, oh my God, we played probably the best we played all season here and we ended up 2-0. And then, as you said, once we've got our tails up, there's absolutely no stopping us. Completely agree. Uh, Steve Peets has just come in here saying um, um, uh, there's a, a stat being posted that um, uh, Klopp has hit the largest PL wins this week, overtook Rafa, same week he became coach of the year. He's just showing his credentials right there. I wish Steve Pizza would actually um, give me the link to the stats. But, you know, and I ain't going to look for them. Let's be honest. I'm not that kind of host, Steve. You should know this by now. And Dave, I'm going to come to you. Um, talk to me about the team's mentality and how they kind of work together, because this is something that you have highlighted a lot on this show. And you always talk about how you don't really look at an individual player. You look at the team as a cohesive unit. And today, I think that really came into play today. I mean, all of them were different, um, you know, different assists. We saw all the attackers getting in on the goal action. You know, Henderson even scoring, you know, a lovely goal. It was fun. You know what, Nina? Yesterday, I got a little bit emotional. I had a tear in my eye watching the uh, season finale of The Mandalorian. <laughs> yes, if I anyone's watched that. Yeah. Yeah. How good was that? 
Oh, awesome. Well, and I'm not no gonna spoilers, spoil it. guys. No, no spoilers. No, no. You know what? This guy once called me a very, very um, insulting character from Star Wars. I say we ruin it for him. <laughs> Who called Come you on. an insulting character? Steve. Chewie. Come on, what? Chewie. Chewie. Yeah. Well, well, we can we can confirm one thing: he wasn't in the finale, so that's all right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let's ruin it for him. Hey, that that was a compliment. I love Chewbacca. He's a legend. So yeah, he's a legend. <laughs> not when you're. When he you is can... a legend, but I'm not sure it's a compliment. <laughs> no, it's a he. It's a he for a start. <laughs> that's, that's not a... It's very hairy, and I'm a woman. Apologies, Nina, but it was funny at the time. <laughs> it was, it was the tash, wasn't it? It was the tash. Steve, yeah. come oh, on. Christ, I'm not going near that. <laughs> But honestly, I, I think today I was genuinely getting a bit emotional watching this side. And, and you're right, it's the team, it's the people on the pitch, the players on the pitch. But also just that culture throughout the whole squad. It doesn't matter who comes on. And, you know, I, I could almost hear that emotion in Gags's voice as well, because what this team has come through is unbelievable. And it's going to be really hard to not just gush about Every player on that pitch today. But I, I do want to highlight just Minamino because for me, when he he's had a bit of stick, and, and even I've said, look, with all these injuries, he's got to start showing something. And within the first, what was it, three minutes he scored, I thought that goal was absolutely fantastic. He made it look easy. But it gets better every time you slow it down. The way he controls it, moves it to the outside, takes a touch before anyone's had a chance to set themselves. Keeper had no chance. And I thought he played really well today. But throughout the team, I thought they were all just fantastic. And like I say, that, that mentality monsters, you know, it's, it just fits, fits us perfectly. It absolutely does. And uh, I think I'm um, just going to quickly um, go around the YouTube again. And um, Gags kind of said Liverpool, you know, he, he fully expects Liverpool to win the league after this really, really crack on and, and you know, take it to the next level. Uh, you know, Only because, like, uh, Thiago and Milner and Shaq mm, look like they're coming back by by next week, right? Which is, there's a bit of a fixture thing coming up. But No, 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 I believe with you too. And, the, and then Jotter and Simicast the end of next month. Then you're looking at a full squad and hopefully we do buy a couple of players in Jan and, you know, that changes everything, doesn't it? It really does. I mean, I'm I'm with you. I've been positive throughout. I just kind of think, you know, like last season we 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 walked the league and there was some Liverpool. This is my belief that some Liverpool sports like oh, I want it to go to the last day. I want a bit of a challenge. There were some Liverpool sports that wanted that. Personally, I wanted it wrapped up by my birthday. I don't like the stress and anxiety, and. Um, I feel like I was like, well, maybe this is their prayer being answered. You know, like you're going to have a bit of a tense season. That's how I saw it, because I do still believe that this Liverpool team is truly, truly great. I mean, just quickly go around the panel. I mean, guys, are you of the belief that this is the one where we really, really crack on? Could this be the defining moment of last season? Like maybe the Leicester game for us where people really, really started believing? I know the point difference is not as healthy as it was last season, but we need to take into consideration the season that we've had and what's happened to us. Yeah, I think I think so. It's um, it's a bit of an un... we've never seen anything like this before. You know, it's an absolutely mad season, and I think that's it's going to be the lowest league points total to win the league for is it three four years? Um, so it's it's a strange one. But I even despite the injury to to Van Dijk and Thiago, I still fancied us to win the league at that point. I know 
Gags has been very worried about the the squad depth and us getting hammered over this uh, Christmas period uh, with all the fixtures back to back and it's a very compressed season. But I've just got so much faith in the mentality of these players. I, I still thought, you know, with Man City not being quite at the same level as they were previously, I thought, well, you know, we're still clear of every other team in the league anyway. So um, this has just consolidated that view even more, that performance today. And that, you know, win against Spurs as well was a big hit for them. We've already played Man City away. We've already played Chelsea away. We've already played Everton away. You know, potentially the three hardest aways. Uh, we haven't had Man, Man U, I suppose. But apart from that, we've, we've got them out of the way already. And we're top. So, you know, for me, I thought if we were within, say, five, six points of top, once we start getting our players back, I thought we'd still be in with a good shot of winning the league. The fact that we're actually clear already just makes me think, you know, we're, we're really determined to do it again. And I think maybe the fact that we didn't get to celebrate last season's incredible triumph in Liverpool with the open top bus is, is kind of, it's an easy motivation for Klopp this season. Usually winning the, the league the second season has proved a big problem for a lot of managers. But I think there's there's a clear motivation there for us to be able to celebrate it with the fans in Liverpool. And the thought of getting back-to-back leagues to, to actually do it as a double celebration in Liverpool in the summer is, is something that's just Maybe, most Hopefully triple, mate. Let's get the Champions League as well. Well, chuck it in as well, yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still pissed off about that bloody Atletico Madrid defeat, to be honest. I haven't got over it. I'm living <laughs> If Thiago's back, oh. that's what he wants to play for, you know. He'll play every CL game. He'll just take over the games. It'll be beautiful. I think I don't think Klopp's got over it either. I think that's why he's completely bombed Adrian out. He's had enough. But um, yeah, so um, and I, I didn't even touch on Kelleher earlier. He's another one. You know, just anyone we're putting into the team, they seem to be stepping up. So we we've either underestimated our squad or Klopp is just performing miracles, and he's he's finding a way to get these players onto the pitch and getting them to perform. So yeah, fair play to him. Absolutely. And what about you, Dave? I mean, how, where are you at the moment with um, Liverpool's uh, title? Um, uh, you know, uh, that they'll ret- retain it. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that, not only for all the fun purposes of like, seeing these kids actually have a massive, massive thingy in this input and also with the season that we've had. Also, for me, it kind of negates the whole stupid United 20 times chant. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh. God, I'd love to ram that down their throats. Um, I, I'm old school, so I, I don't really... You can't win the league at, at Christmas, but I'd have to say I probably feel more bullshy about it now than probably ever before. And it's it's all the things that have led up to this. You know, we've lo- in the league, we've only lost that one game. All right, it was a royal spanking, but, you know, and then going into the Everton game and losing Van Dyke, you know, it felt pretty low at that time, didn't it? But actually, more so, or even more so than just how great this squad comes together, whoever steps into the shirt and, and walks onto the pitch puts a performance in. I just don't really see a lot from the other sides. I, I don't see I don't see Chelsea particularly challenging. I think the, you know, Mourinho's got Spurs playing that gnarly, ugly, horrible football They'll be effective and they'll be top four, but I don't I don't see them challenging us. 
Guardiola has not been the same. I think we broke him that time at Anfield when he was doing the whole twice thing. Um, he doesn't seem to have been the same since. United, I, I had, I've got some United friends who were gleefully telling me they were two points off us this week. Um, but they all fall away as well. I just don't see the, they're, they're going to be that up and down team for a while, at least while Ollie's there. So, so yeah, I, I do feel quite quietly confident, I think, about winning the league. And, you know, if we strengthen, you know, if we bring in a couple of players, um, great. To echo what Gag said earlier, though, I think we owe a lot to Fabinho because having him step into that centre-back role and look like a world-class centre-back, you know, we've still only got one fit senior centre-back at the minute. And it's just crazy to think how we're top of the league. We're through in the Champions League as well and, you know, blowing teams away. The Best goal difference in the league now as well, Dave, after after losing 7-2. Under there. (laughs) After that Villa spanking. You know, to have the the best goal difference in the league, it's just unbelievable. And I'm trying to think of all the teams and, and be completely as impartial as possible. I'm trying to think if there's been an equivalent side like us right now who've gone through so many key injuries and still look so formidable. That awkward silence is none. Right, guys. Okay, so we've kind of discussed that. Gags, a massive thank you to you. Uh, get back to work. No, thank you, guys. My, my file's nearly downloaded now to uh, get this pressing done. But uh, man, fantastic win. And you know what? You guys deserve it as well. It's been a busy period. You've got three more games to come um, in the next few weeks. But uh, a nice eight-day break, Nin, after this one. So uh, enjoy it. Rockle rest, much needed. Thank you. Take care, Gags. Um, uh, good luck with the pressing. Really, really look forward to the Under Pressure podcast. Okay, so that was Gags Tandon, our first caller. We are going to jump to our second caller who has patiently been waiting. He's been an old, uh, he's an OG caller and I'm delighted to have him back. He's called a fair few times quite recently. It is Pip. Pip, welcome back. How, how are you guys? We are so good. Why do you sound so calm? <laughs> <laughs> It was. Um, I'm gonna go in a bit of in, into a bit of hyper hyperbole. Do it. But, um, but it was a disastrous. It was it was a stressful. It was a disgusting. It was a horrible result for the rest of the league. Mm. This was a disgusting result. This reminded me of last season against Aston Villa when we came back and won, and that just shattered everybody. It shattered Man City, broke them. And I think this result has broken everybody. It has restored the fear. We were losing the fear. That 7-2 result really hurt Klopp because teams just started getting brave. You started to see, see teams afterwards getting brave, just saying, we can attack Liverpool. And when that fear is gone, that is when teams become bold. That's what's happened to Man City. The fear is gone. And what Klopp has done is that uh, I, I refer I, I'll refer to poker. Um, um, the result against against Tottenham was like was like a full house, but this result was the royal flush. He just Klopp just put put his bollocks on the table and said, "There you go, there you go." And Tottenham going into their game against Leicester, it's not going to be the same as if we drew or if it was a one nil. Man City going into the next game is not going to be the same. 
Chelsea's going to next not going to be the same because they've just seen Liverpool smash Crystal Palace and Crystal Palace actually played well. Crystal Palace have got amazing, amazing forward line. That forward line is going to be, that forward line is going to demolish most um, teams that go. Most teams that go to to Chelsea, um, to Crystal Palace are going to lose. Crystal Palace played brilliant football. The first half, they were amazing. This is what's going to crush the league because it's a it's a this. Imagine if we were we were on the other side, and 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 we had just seen another rival just beat us, then go and smash a team seven nil. It is horrible. It's a disastrous result for the league. And the worst thing about it, the most tragic thing about the result, is that Thiago wasn't even playing. Mm. Van Dijk wasn't even there. It, <laughs> what what but what, what I'm going to ask as well is that one, one question is, I, I think this was a brilliant performance by Keita. The way he controlled the middle of the park, the little flicks, the, the audacity of the lad was brilliant to see. Uh, Minamina, I'm so, I'm so happy for him. But um, I, I just want to just ask a question. It's, 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 it's a, the psychological blow to the rest of the league is, is what I want to ask because... It, it must be real damaging. It, Mourinho must be in his room just thinking, ah, yeah, that's what I wanted to contribute. You know what? That is an absolute wonderful contribution. Um, Pip, thank you so much for calling. Really appreciate it. We're going to go through your points right now. Um, I think you've made some solid, solid points. Sam, you've been quiet for quite a while, so I'm just going to come to you with this one. Um. I think this, I think Pips hit the nail on the head. We were talking about the mentality of this team where they've started believing. But then the flip side, everyone else watching that thinking, oh, my God, literally like, you know, they, they pull one over the line against Spurs. You know, everyone looked, it looked like Liverpool might be drawing and Bobby Firmino does that. They're the title contenders, Spurs. Jose Mourinho got undone by his own mind games. He's still talking about it. And we're sat here right now, absolutely thumped the team that Spurs drew against over the weekend. Absolutely battered them with the goals. And, you know, it's a, like, 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 like Pip just said, you know, attacking wise, you know, they, they did cause us a fair few problems at 1 0. Yeah, I think Pip made some great points there. I think he was a bit harsh on himself saying it was hyperbole because I think. He was bang on. I think the the other teams in the league now we, we we've timed this absolutely perfectly, haven't we? That we had that tough game against Spurs, and we managed to get away with the win. So not only do we do that, then it's the sucker punch second second hit straight after the first, where we're already top, and then we're playing first on the weekend, and then we win seven nil away from home when everyone thinks we're going to be tired after the Wednesday exploits. We've got players out injured. We've had to rest Salah because he's had to play a million minutes this season so far. Um, you know, Wijnaldum's played is out of his skin. Just we, We've had to play the front three to death. So people would have been expecting this as a potential banana skin for Liverpool today. And they'd have been watching, expecting something. And, you know, even, even though we went 1-0 up, they would have had a lot of encouragement, the opposition fans watching that Palace team create chances against us and they'd have thought there's a chance here that we, we, could, we were going to be dropping points. 
And, you know, I'll agree with Pip. I think Keita had a good game overall. I thought he he looked a bit rusty in the first 20 minutes and made some errors, giving the ball away uh, and things. But as soon as he settled back in, he, he does that now and again. Maybe it takes 10 minutes to get settled. But after that... You know, he and looked... also, he's an adventurous player, isn't he? When you have an yes. adventurous player, he is going to play risky things. Yeah, and he does. I think people need to acknowledge that, that he's, he's going to try going, he's going to advance. That's what he yeah. does. Well, the, the creative players are going to give the ball away and you've got to accept that. Um, you know, as long as he's not doing it too deep into our own half, it's, it's fine, you know, and, and usually it is in, in the opposition half. But because he you know, carries the ball so often and he does it with ease and it, it's something that he does just completely effortlessly and some people don't realise how hard it is what he's doing because when you give it to another one of the Liverpool players, they can't get near doing that. Um, and I thought he just grew into the game and then he, he, he nearly had an assist later on. Um, you know, Again, Minamino, fantastic touch and, and, and managed to knock it wide. But yeah, I just think this is a huge, huge statement of intent Time to perfection, and I think it's going to be a massive kick in the proverbial bollocks of every other Premier League team with any sort of aspirations of winning the league this season. Yeah, I mean, Dave, I'll come to you because that that really does set the tone, doesn't it? I mean, like everyone else is watching that thinking, oh my God, you know, we spoke about the goal difference at Liverpool is six points clear as things stand. You're watching that. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm guessing, I mean, I don't know a player psychology. I don't know what it's like. Obviously, you know, we're I'm podcasting. Um, but you're watching that and I'm sure there's an element of like mental fatigue, like, oh my God, they just did that. Absolutely. And I like the way Pip, framed it in the first place you know putting everything expressing everything in the negative and and uh, yeah it is I for everyone else. I think to be a Palace fan. I was like okay <laughs> this could be fun. <laughs> but I, I, you know I definitely agree Mourinho would have been stewing. I, I imagine him to be sat in a darkened room like Father Jack just shouting out expletives uh, drinking himself to uh, you know oblivion. So yeah I, I just think it, it is a, a real kick in the balls for everyone else. I think including myself, everyone is probably a bit surprised at just how on it we were today. I do agree definitely with Sam's point. I thought Cater, that first 20 minutes, was a bit off it. He just looked a bit behind the pace of the game, but he absolutely grew into the game. And he's been in and out of the team, hasn't he, with injuries. So, you know, it stands to reason that he would. And and by the end of it, he was running things. Um but yeah, I just I don't see... I think he was struggling to find space as well, wasn't he? Because obviously he loves to dribble with the ball and there wasn't enough space for him to kind of do that. So every time he tried running with the ball, he was kind of getting blocked off. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, they, this is a good side. This is a good Palace side. And I think after we scored, we, we, look, quite, we look very sharp when in possession. But then it's a typical kind of Roy team but who's got like lots of pacey players, strong players as well. So then not too worried about controlling the game, having possession. But they were trying to get in and behind us quite a few times in the first half. And I think one of the one of the changing moments in the game for me was when I think it was are you uh it was the one mistake Mr. I think Fabinho made. Yeah. yeah so it, Mr. Hart. yeah 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 yeah. He just kind of 
I think Fabinho just misread it and ended up out muscled because I, I, I think in a straight race he'd, he'd have out muscled IU. But he gets away from him, and you're thinking, right, he's probably going to square it or you know bury it in the far corner. But as you think, Matip did brilliantly there. He knows he's got a world class goalkeeper there, so he doesn't have to go and and rush to IU. So he was closing the angle down to uh, to Zaha, who was behind him. And he ends up having to play that pass, and he, he just he, he plays it behind him because Matip was right there where he ideally wanted to play it. I think that changed the game, that did, because Palace looked quite good there. Again, not because they were controlling the game. They just looked dangerous, looked to get in behind us. But then pretty much after the second goal, that, that was that was it. The, we kicked the wind out of their sails and, you know, it was a masterclass in finishing from that. And I'm still trying to think, I think it was Steve Pizzo who asked the question before, which was your favourite goal? I don't know if I've seen a, any game with seven such high-quality goals. I think for different reasons, every one of these was quite special. hard isn't it I think Simon Brunsey's cut a tweet that basically that game was a showreel for goal of the goal of uh, the month competition and <laughs> Sam um, I, I mean I'll, I'll come to you with that one because literally you know we all all the attackers got in on the on the goal scoring and each goal was so diverse in, in its own little way and each one was special and I mean is there one favourite for you? I I personally loved um, Bobby Firmino's first goal. The fact that he kind of started the counter to Robbo and then ran the distance of the pitch and then, you know, made himself available in the danger thingy, in, in the danger zone and got the goal. And his control was lovely. But if you pick another one, I ain't going to be mad at you because they were sensational, all of them. Oh, my God. It's... As you said, it's the best display of finishing I have ever seen from a Liverpool side. It was astonishing, really, wasn't it? Because that that wasn't an easy game, uh, especially the first half. You know, to come away 3-0 up at half-time when Palace played that well just shows how well we finished in that game. And yeah, I saw Steve P had put it in the chat asking, you know, which which was our favourite goal. Um, I was going to go for that goal as well, to be honest, because... Aesthetically, it was so pleasing. It was such a slick move. And it started with that lovely turn from Bobby. You know, I was praising him in the post-match pod after the Spurs game for how he's been linking things up. And when he's on it, that is something he does so well. When he's he's kind of got his back to goal and he can turn and then just set Robbo or Trent away down the wings. But the best thing about it was, as soon as he released the ball, he was on his bike and then just the f- the first touch as well. The, the ball from Robbo was absolute perfection and landed at his feet. But it was coming in very fast. So it was a really lovely touch by him to control it. And then a finish with the outside of the boot. Um, so, yeah, I, I've got to stick with that one, to be honest. But there's so, so many goals on there that you know I could have picked. You know, this, this Salah's bloody lovely top corner finish. Henderson's one. And even Bobby's second goal, the lovely little chip finish. It, it was just incredible stuff. So, yeah, be- best finishing I've ever seen from a Liverpool side in a match. Absolutely. And we're going to move on to the next point. Like, um, 
And Dave, I'll, I'll come to you first on this one because, um, you know, it was one of those games where you were really, really impressed with every single player and the performance that they put in. And I think we've kind of um, highlighted that this was a proper, proper team performance. But I think, you know, we've always kind of... One thing that I was personally delighted about, and we'll speak about Cocky Bobby first, is the fact that he gets the winning goal against Spurs, runs to the cop, hears his his song being chanted. And I think, you know, Pip was one of our callers on our previous show saying he is an entertainer and he loves all that. But he, he just looks like a player that has completely got his mojo back. And I was having a conversation with Gags actually in the in the week, and I was like, I think the last time like Bobby's like I know Bobby scored against Atletico Madrid, and we all sang his song, and I was there, and it was a really really special moment. But we'll forget it because we lost the game. But I remember him scoring a winner against Wolves, which was just after Christmas, I believe. And it's just great to see Bobby back in that kind of form, you know, getting assists, getting goals. He got two today. I think he got an assist as well. I love that about him. I love the fact that he's, he's, he was showing signs of the willingness of getting back into the box. And we need that. Yeah, this was Bobby back to his best, wasn't it? And whether that's just purely a confidence thing, whether it's a, a bit of a fatigue thing, you know, when, when Jota was on his game, he had, he had a few more minutes to rest then. So I, I just think even before he scored... I think he just looked great. You know, that little ball into Mane and Mane still had to do quite a lot to, you know, it was a great first touch with the inside of his right mm. foot and then uh, slamming it into the corner. But, you know, for Bobby's first goal to to run the entire length of the pitch and then that deft touch to, to just set himself well. up. Mm. Yeah, you you could see, you know, on the, on the replay, you know, he, he's running at full pelt there to try and get into that position. And how many times do we see when someone's done that, they're a bit knackered and, and then the first touch is a bit off? No, absolutely perfect and buries it. But, I mean, the second one, I don't know if you saw Klopp was like, oh my God, when he, when he put Curtis the second Jones one away. as well, like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad ball by Salah, but I just thought Bobby had a lot to do with it. And he, he took the ball a little bit wide and I'm thinking, chance has gone here. And then he puts in a finish like that, and you're just like, oh, they, there's not many players on the pitch. I mean, probably the front three are, are probably the only ones who, who would even try that. But, you know, to see it nestle in the corner was just a bit special. And, you know, you can just tell as well, because he's such a selfless player. He just does everything for the team. Just everyone loves him and, and loves when he scores. And obviously, he's you know, he's been through this slight barren spell. So, yeah, he, he's on top form at the minute. And it's brilliant to see. Yeah, he's crucial for us, Sam. And, you know, he got a lot of criticism. And, you know, even myself on this podcast, I've kind of called him out for some of the poor performances, you know, when we really, really needed him to kind of step up. But it's great to see him do so well. And I think for me, the highlight of this um, game has been not only has it been a team performance, but, you know, some of the players that get a bit of unfair criticism, you know, from from the fans. And Bobby Firmino has certainly been one of them. Like, oh, he needs to go on now. Oh, we've seen the best of him. Oh, he's spent. He's done now. We've broken him. He's done. You know, he's coming to the tail end of his career. And to see him, like, you know, to be so clinical in, in two back-to-back games in the space of, like, two days... And you and I speaking about it, it's just fun, you know? I just love him. You know, that, that celebration when he'd scored the goal and he did the Kung Fu kick again. And it's just, he's got that massive smile and it, he just brings joy to my heart. He's 
when he's on form, he's my favourite player. I just mm-hmm. absolutely love him. Um, just the the flair he showed today with those two finishes, it, it was just exquisite. The first touch of that first goal was really, really tricky skill. And it was perfect. And it just made the finish absolutely simple. But it was still an outside of the boot finish just to make that little bit of flair on it. But um, yeah, I, I totally agree with Dave there. The second goal, um, the ball from Salah was actually lovely. I thought he'd underhit it initially, but um, it was actually perfect and totally took the the defender out of the game. But when he took it wide and the keeper did look like he'd come out enough to block the shot, it's just something that when Bobby's got a bit of confidence about him, that's when he pulls out those kind of finishes. And today it was clear that he was fully confident and what an exquisite finish. You can't really ask for any better than that. You absolutely can't. And Sam, I'll stick with you because, you know, I kind of touched on something that, you know, there's some players that get a bit of criticism more than others. And I think one of them has been uh, Taki um, Minamino. And, you know, we saw him start and um, literally scored in three minutes. I mean, I was absolutely delighted for him. I thought he had a very good game. Um, I think the game against uh, Fulham when he came on, I, I think uh, I was on with Dave and uh, we kind of spoke. And like in that game, he really kind of impressed me. You know, I could, I was kind of watching him with a keen eye because I wanted to kind of see how he kind of performs with his team. But he's, you know, he, he's done really well. And um, I love the fact that, you know, Klopp has actually given him a fair amount of time because I feel like a lot of the assessments have been in kind of poor, underwhelming Champions League games. I think there was one with the kids in like cup games and two minute cameos here and there you you can't and you know we spoke about this about covid came in as well so you know that is massively unsettling because he literally came in the winter window he's got he's got a nice touch on him and he did that a few times and he could have got two he could have got a second yeah i i was there's been signs this this has been coming for me namino because Pre-season, he was looking really sharp. And then I think he started the season and, and looked a bit lightweight in a few games. And then he kind of dropped out of the of the reckoning a bit. So I don't know what happened if he was carrying a few little injuries or something. But he, he wasn't quite right at that point. And you can see he wasn't maybe ready for the team. But over the last, say, month, when he has dropped into the team, he's been showing some real glimpses of quality. And... I think today was a perfect example of that. Um, the goal itself, he's so clever. When the ball is played to him, he doesn't just control it into his body. He always tries to knock it away from himself and opens up his body. And he did that so well with the first goal that he completely wrong-footed the defence. And then he made himself a load of space to put the finish in. And he did exactly the same trick as well for what could have easily been his second goal where he, he just knocked it past the defender first time and then he's away. And you can see the quality is there. So for him to get that goal today was just absolutely fantastic because I don't know about you, I was absolutely gutted for him when they mm-hmm. took that winning goal away from him yes. against Mitchell. And I thought, bloody hell, I, I don't know whether they showed a good angle in the end and said that it did touch Manny's hand, but it looked like it touched the defender's hand. And and you know, to be fair, that rule needs to go in the bin anyway, doesn't it? But um, that's another story. So with Minamino, it's it's today's been great on the scoreline, but also there's so many other positives. It's it's Naby Keita getting those minutes in his legs 
and putting a very promising display. Same for Minamino as well. Oxley Chamberlain is back as well. You know, he's played 20 minutes at the end. There's talk about Thiago coming back, which has just made me dribble my lilt slightly. <laughs> um, you know, it's I if if we get Thiago back as well, and he's he's properly fit and raring to go, and can stay fit the rest of the season. There's absolutely no reason why we can't win the league and Champions League double because we're we're controlling games as we are. If we get him in the team, teams aren't going to be able to get out of their own half. So I'm I'm really excited about what's to come. I hope our luck starts to change now with injuries. And, you know, this could be an absolutely incredible season. You know, I, I'm just sat here just smiling. I, I just love this performance. I love everything about it. Dave, I'm going to come to you. Um, talk to me about Minamino because we were on the pod last um, last weekend, Sunday, I think it was. And you, you highlighted some of the things that have really, really impressed you about Minamino. And I felt like... You know, him starting, getting that early goal really, really kind of settled him into that game. You know, the things that I kind of noticed about him was obviously his touch, his control. Sam's highlighted it. And also, um, you know, yeah, sometimes he lost the ball, not going to lie. But one thing that really impressed me was the fact that he was tracking back everywhere, running everywhere. He's almost like another mini engine of like Roberto Firmino. He's of that mould. Yeah, for me, I, I think when he's looked off the pace, you're kind of questioning, okay, is he... Is he really going to ever gel into the squad? But I thought today he properly looked like a Liverpool player and, and a Klopp Liverpool player. You know, he's gnarly, he's biting away when he doesn't have the ball, he's, you know, without committing too many fouls. Um, I, th- I think wonderful that, hair as well. I'm surprised you've not He does there. have lovely hair. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Shakiri coming back, though. I want to see how that's progressed while, he's, while he's been out. But but wasn't it so great, though, to see that massive smile on his face when he scored Mm -hmm. that goal? And then everyone kind of congratulating him. For me, that's always the thing I'm wondering about Minamino, you know, how how settled in is he off the pitch? And I did have questions, especially when we celebrated the, the last Premier League. But to me, he looked fully embedded today. And I just wish he just took that second one away yes. as well, because I thought that was easier than the first one. Um, mm-hmm. But he was just trying to be a bit cute, wasn't he? And, and sort of curl it into the near post, whereas I thought he, the the easier option would have been to just bury it at the far corner. He says, as that classic armchair fan, like it's all really easy anyway. But no, I really hope, a bit like Bobby with, with his goal in midweek, I really hope Minamino gets a bit of a run now. And I don't know who who that would be for. Um, but at the moment, it looks like you've got that really good option, you know, because I'll mention Origi, you know, when we've when we've had to drop or rest one of the front three in the past and you bring in the likes of Origi on, you know there's going to be a drop-off in quality. I didn't see that drop-off in quality today, you know, um, and, and obviously Salah came on later for Mane, didn't he? So, you know, you didn't have that, preferred front three in there but I think I did have a question about whether he could Minamino that is whether he could step into that number eight you know a little bit like Coutinho did and and shine there I I think at the moment I'm thinking no he he does look better he just looks more comfortable in that front three and I just hope he gets a little bit more time now and and you know let's see him grow and uh and challenge the other three 
absolutely we love to see it you know and we want all the players to kind of get the minutes and you know Sam highlighted that we've even got Curtis Jones as well you know but there's just so many incredible incredible options which is as a Liverpool fan or you know you want to be spoiled for choice and good choice for that matter and you know guys you kind of spoke about Naby Keita and you know I I felt like he his balance to that midfield really really helped the control of the game I want to get your thoughts because, you know, yeah, you know, it looked to what, you know, it took him a little while to kind of settle into the game to get into rhythm. But, you know, his dribbling, his passing, his, I, I, he, for me, he's a little pocket rocket. He's a little aggressive. I love that about him. And one thing that I took as a massive positive was the fact that, you know, he played, he played the entire game and he, he actually did control the, the tempo and the tone of that midfield. And I felt like we looked more assured and much, much calmer in the centre of the pitch. Guys, I want to hear your thoughts on this because for me, he could potentially be a a contender, if not a contender, for man of the match. Yeah, as as we touched on earlier, he he started off, in my opinion, uh, a little bit shaky and and kind of gave the ball away a bit and and struggled. But he really did find his feet, and I'd I'd be really interested to hear. The pressing stats for Keita, because I think that's something that his critics don't seem to to notice a lot of the time, is his off-the-ball work is incredible. And that's one of his biggest strengths. And that's one of the reasons why Klopp loves him so much. A bit like Firmino, um, when they're having a bad game, they're still contributing so much to the team in their work they're doing off the ball. And so I'd really, you know, I'm looking forward to see what he does there because he doesn't half disrupt the opposition midfield whenever he's playing. And also when he gets the ball, he's a very progressive footballer. Um, you know, we, we've we've often had midfields in the past of Wijnaldum, Henderson and Milner, say, and, and we lacked a bit of progression in the midfield. You know, three very good players, don't get me wrong, but they, it was lacking something. And Keita really does have that kind of X factor that a lot of the other players don't have. So I'm I, he's one of those guys that it's it's purely injury that's that's halted his progress as a Liverpool player. There's there's absolutely no doubt he's got all of the qualities required in order to be a massive success for us in this in this team. It's just purely injuries. So I'm just hoping now he can have a good run. If he can stay fit to the end of the season as well. I know I've said that about a couple of players He's won. Just the thought of him and Thiago playing regularly in the same midfield would be absolutely terrifying for the opposition. Mm. So, um, you know, if you think we're deadly now going forward, if they're both in the team as well as the front three and maybe even Jota getting fit and back, being able to dip in as well, it it really is mouth-watering. And just, just to go back to what Dave said about Minamino, I agree with him fully. I always thought he was going to be more kind of an attacking midfield player, but whenever he's been in that role in the in the league, he seems to be caught out a few times and, and looked a bit bit lost. But in the front three, I think he, he maybe it's a small sample size, don't get me wrong, but he seemed to be a lot more relaxed. And if you do lose the ball in the front three, there's it's a lot you don't get punished as much, you know? It's it's not as big a deal. And you can try things and if it doesn't come off, it doesn't matter. You'll get him next time, you know? So um, if today's anything to go by him and Jota as well rotating with the front three just means that with this compressed season and all these fixtures coming, it, it does give us a little bit of leeway when 
maybe Salah, Mane and Firmino are getting a bit tired, that we can rotate and feel like there's not that huge drop-off that we get when we bring Origi into the team. Absolutely. And I'll come to Dave on, on the cater um, question now. And um, Dave, I guess what I kind of want to ask you is the fact that, you know, we, we I think the only qualms that people have had about him is his injury record. Um, we know the talents there, we know the skills there. But I feel like, you know, with the aid of having quality midfielders, you know, which will kind of really help him. And if Jurgen Klopp does manage his his chronic load, we could have a player that we can actually just use in a really, really effective way, which is beneficial not only to the team, but also to the player and, you know, whatever situation he's got going on with, with the injuries. Yeah, and I, I sometimes think it's, it's a bit unfair, really, isn't it? A player doesn't go out to to get themselves injured. And I thought when he, af, right after the international break as well, where he mm. played a full couple of games, it, it did seem a bit short-sighted for us to, to start him again. He but, was the um, start of that project restart as well, by the way. He was our best player when we came back into football. Yeah, and I think... People forget that. You know, I think people get frustrated because you can see there's a real player there. And, you know, he, he, he in flashes, you know, he has looked so, so good. I actually think what one of the things I really liked about this midfield three is how they complemented each other. Because while Sam was talking there, I, I do think Kato brilliantly grew into the game and then he was running things. There's no one who runs with the ball like him. Ox runs with the ball, but it's more kind of straight and you're looking for that 30-yarder. Cater's a bit cuter, isn't he? You know, he's looking to put people in or dribble mm. past people. Yeah. But I like the way, you know, Wijnaldum offers you something a bit different. When he's in a midfield three like this, he's kind of the glue. He just keeps things moving. I thought Henderson was brilliant today as well. I thought he just kept moving the ball around, even when Palace were quite, playing quite well. He was keeping the defenders on their toes, looking for that, that ball through the middle for Mane a couple of times. Got a so, goal as well, you know? Yeah, so, so <laughs> I, think, I think the whole midfield really played quite well today. And, and I, I find it a bit difficult to, to single out a single player um, just because they all complemented each other so well. And, and if you think, again, that's a bit of an upgrade or it feels to me like an upgrade from last year where... You know, we the midfield would sometimes get a bit of stick and it's like, well, it's the front three that's winning all the games and, and the midfield are just there to do all the work, you know, and all the running round. And I think, you know, we've seen these players getting better. I think over the last 18 months, Henderson's been, you know, he's been in the form of his life. But And, and again, it's not just when he has the ball, because I know he's he's not the most technically gifted out of out of all the players that we've got. I just love, you know, especially when there's no fans there, not having the artificial crowd sounds. And he just never fucking shuts up. (laughs) He's always shouting, directing people around. It reminds me a bit of Jamie Carragher in that respect. So I just just love him as my captain, to be honest. So I know you asked me a question about Cater, and I think he was. He was brilliant after that first uh, slightly slow start. Um, But I'm gushing a little bit over Henderson, to be honest. Why not? You can gush about anyone and anything that you absolutely please, you know. And, and guys, you know what? Um, 
uh, Gags has just put in, because uh, obviously if you can't keep up with things, Gags put in um, a lovely tweet, um, uh, goals, assists. Um, so, you know, Sadio Mane got the assist for Taki's first goal. Bobby got the assist for Sadio's. Robbo got the assist for Bobby's. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold for Hendo. More for Bobby, but, you know, we spoke about that one. Matip's header for Mo Salah's goal. Ox for more. Right. Um, uh, an assist and three hockey assists, but and and three hockey assists by Trent today. Oh, right, hockey assist meaning that the player that starts off the player that assisted got you, got you. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, guys, is there anything that you kind of want to talk about that you want to highlight? Because for me, this showreel was all just gorgeous and grand. And you know, is there anything that you think needs a particular needs particular attention to? Um, Sam, I'll come to you first. Yeah, there's a couple of things. Um, on a light note, after that Aston Villa game, I really, you know, the 7-2, I felt so bad for the people who paid £100 for the Vapor version of that kit um, that we wore today. I thought they must have wanted to just bin it because that was the debut of that Oh, look at you. Um, fashion <laughs> I don't, well, I thought you'd enjoy this. You were talking I about am, ta- yeah. Taki's hair constantly during the game. So... I thought, let's get on to the fashion. So the people who paid 100 quid for the Vapor version of that kit and we lost 7-2, they must have thought, what the hell? I'm, I'm never wearing that kit again. So today was the redemption of the black and grey kit. And not only have we scored seven, we haven't conceded. So it's an even more emphatic win. So I think that's, that's that kit kind of removed from the jinx box now. So that's, that's nice for those people. Um, and secondly, you know, we kind of partially touched on it earlier. The the big thing for Liverpool now, you know, obviously we've been playing in Europe and it's been tricky against the the smaller sides who don't play in Europe. They've been having a break uh, coming in to play us. And then, you know, we've ended up maybe dropping points now and again. Obviously now the, the Champions League is finished till the new year. So um, I know Klopp had a little dig. Uh, I saw the quote actually in the chat earlier. Um, he had a little dig about Crystal Palace. Uh, Crystal Palace felt a little bit how hard it is to play midweek, then Saturday again. It feels a long time since we don't have a game on a Tuesday. Um, so, yeah, obviously that that was kind of hinting at the fact that we've been getting hammered with all these fixtures and then having to play on the bloody breakfast kickoff. And then now that disadvantage has been taken away. So, you know, we were already top of the league when we had to contend with that. The fact now is also the teams below us are on the same playing field as us with the same amount of fixtures and we're out of the Carabao Cup as well. So we haven't got that distraction. So just wanted to point out that that's another positive for us and that's another reason why I'm so optimistic that we can go on and and do this back to back. Wonderful. And this is why I have you on the show and Steve Pizza has called you the fresh Sorry, the fresh, the Welsh fashion wizard, uh, fashion police brought to you by the Nina Casa show. Um, uh, you can have that segment. And what about yourself, Dave? I mean, do you want to respond to Sam's comments or have you got another fresh take on something? I'm just so happy, Nina. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to enjoying the rest of the week. Smugly sitting there while, you know, we're watching the other teams sort of fight it out and try and keep pace mm. with us. So it it just feels so good. And and again, I just feel so happy about where the squad is. I I do wonder, you know, what's in Klopp's head right now about 
bringing in a centre back, which we're all kind of thirsting for. Um, and if he, let's say he did that, Matip can can manage to you know keep keep up you know and and stay in that team and not get injured. I think you've got Fabinho coming into that midfield as well. Tiago, <laughs> you know, Fabinho, I don't think teams are just not going to be able to deal with us at all. So I, I do wonder, I, I'm quite liking as well what I've seen from Reese Williams in particular. And I wonder if he'll get some yeah. more games for us. And, and I, I'd like to think that he would. But then, uh, of course, you you want to make sure that you have that world-class centre-back as well. So I, I just don't know what he's going to do with the centre-back. I think we'd have all said a few weeks ago, he's got to bring in at least one as a bare minimum, possibly two, you know, with Van Dijk and Gomez out. But mm. um, I'm not sure that's Klopp's style. And although I think he might bring one in, um, I don't think it's a given now. I, I think he might be might be wobbling a bit. So unless he comes across an opportunity, you know, the the right player that's going to fit into the squad in terms of the way of playing, in terms of the personality, he likes to buy hungry players, doesn't he? Um, I, I, I think we might actually go January without bringing in a centre-back. And I think that, I, I think if we do that, I'll stay off Twitter, but I've, I've got complete faith in what, whatever Klopp decides to do. Interesting. And Sam, your thoughts on this? Because um, I think we are screaming for a centre-back. It was one of our key talking points, actually, um, last weekend. I mean, Dave's just said that, that he's, he's he's really, really happy. And I think we all are, you know. Think about the, um, uh, Sunday night. What happened? Um, you know, all the fixtures, all the results pretty much went Liverpool's way. And then we kind of failed to capitalise. And that, Dave and I actually spoke on the pod and we were just like, oh, God, you know, we didn't take full advantage of that. And then obviously the win against Spurs. And us taking matters into our own hand, you know, setting the tone for the league. Um, where would you say? I mean, I'm really, really excited about this result. And I think it's really good. And we've got some great players that will be coming back into the midfield. But I still think we should buy a centre-back. I'm not saying buy any makeshift one. But I do believe that we're going to have to dig into our pockets. Because between Gomez and um, Matip, you've got one centre-back. Yeah, I, I think, first of all, it's not Klopp's style to do a kind of panic buy or a, mm. a last-minute buy. Any player we sign, it's usually someone we've been tracking for three years or more, you know. And I think the fact that we let Lovren go indicates that maybe we had someone in the pipeline and he was happy to kind of see it through till January anyway. So the, if we are going to sign a, a centre-back in January... It's probably someone that we've been keeping our eye on for a long time and, and probably would have gone to sign anyway. Um, but but I'm with Dave. You know, the team has shown me, even Nat Phillips, when he came in, he had a man of the match performance, you know. Um, so it, it's something that it, it's a bit like, I don't like to compare to Man U, but the Man United side, when they were great and they kept winning, they'd bring in players who were, you'd think were pretty average, you know, um, John O'Shea's of this world. And and they do a job as part of a really good unit. And I think that's what we're finding yeah. at the moment is we're playing squad players. And because the rest of the unit is so good, um, they, they can play in that unit. And it's a squad game sometimes. And not everyone's going to be a world beater. And we need to realise that. It's not 
FIFA or Football Manager. So you do need to utilise your squad sometimes. And Klopp is, has always been someone who likes a kind of compact squad and likes to play the same players um, as regular as possible and, and build momentum that way. And if you've got players like Reese Williams and Nat Phillips who are just delighted to be at the club, they're never going to be kicking off that they're not starting and they're always going to be delighted and give it their all when they do play. So um, I just think we've got a lovely balance there at the moment. And I said at the start of the season, I trusted we were the best prepared or best equipped to deal with the, the nightmares that this COVID situation has caused for this season, purely because of the mentality and the kind of team spirit that we have, which is completely unrivaled in the whole league. And that's all down to Klopp. So, you know, that's the reason why I think we're so, so strong. Love it. I suppose your reasoning is the fact that we're going to look quite healthy in the midfield and maybe we might be able to just scrape by. It will be very interesting to see how Klopp goes with this one. But, you know, today has just been absolutely phenomenal. Steve, Steve Pizza with his final say, I'm going to read it out. Worth the shout that we are bloody top of the league for the Christmas for Christmas for a third year running. Santa wears red. Merry Christmas, Neverton. Um, <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Brilliant. Get the digs in there, Steve Pizza. Right, guys, quickly, man of the match, um, your shouts. And um, Dave, I'll come to you no. first. I mean, you could literally <laughs> pick anyone. I mean, I, I, yeah, I was struggling with this. and I, I've been trying to think like that, like that goal. So I think on about 60 minutes, I was probably thinking Henderson. I, I Like I say, I thought he did a lot to, you know, just keep us ticking. He was popping up on the right, popping up on the left. He was always available for that pass, you know, spraying things all over the place as well. And then I think you would have fancied, you know, Roy Roy Evans. That's going back in it. Um, Roy Hodgson's team talk at halftime would have been, look, let's get at them quick. Let's get that early goal. And Henderson's goal right in the corner, curling away from the keeper. Just, you know, put that one to bed straight away. But I think... I've got to give it to Bobby. <laughs> I just think from from the opening, I just think his touch look back, the kind of, all right, we didn't get a no-look finish, but, you know, everything else was there, the little flicks. He's so strong, bringing other players into play and two absolutely top-draw goals. And, yeah, Bobby's back. Bobby's back. Oh, my God, you were just speaking about Roy Hodgson there. And Sam, the little shit, has also said I look like Roy Hodgson as well. He's an absolute <laughs> arsehole. What is your problem with my face? Why are you my friend? You're dreadful. You're I a think friend that's of worse me. than Chewy, to be honest. Uh, I'd rather like be compared to Chewy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I like the fact that we're not going to explain it either why these things happened. We'll just leave it at that and just let the people wonder. But um, yeah, man of the match. Um, there, were, there were some really good contributions today. You know, some, some absolutely clinical finishing. Salah off the bench. Yeah. Come on. Like the, he had an assist, a really good assist for that second Bobby goal. Um, a poacher's goal. And an absolute worldie. His is kind of, if you had to say what is Salah's kind of textbook goal, uh, that is kind of signature move. It, it's that, isn't it? It's the cut in and then curl it into the top corner, a bit like what he did against Roma, famously. Um, 
And yeah, it was an absolute belter. So, so many games, him coming off the bench would have actually won man of the match with that performance. It was incredible. Uh, but, you know, clearly... Two goals it, and an assist, right? Same as yeah. Bobby right there. Yeah, exactly. It's it's, it's incredible. Um, you know, and, and I think Henderson is a, is a funny player that does kind of divide the, the, the fan base. Some people think he's terrible. Some people think he's the best player in the world. I think the reality is is in the middle somewhere. I think he's a cracking yeah. player for this Liverpool team. I think he's a really good captain. Um, I just think he suits the team down to the ground. He understands the way we need to play. And I think he, he does all the things the Klopp wants of him. And that's the most important thing. So I, I think he was a really good contributor today. But um, I gave Bobby the man of the match performance on the last pod after the Spurs game. And I'm going to give it to him again. And uh, there was just something on the commentary which um, I, I quite enjoyed. Um, they, they mentioned the fact that he had a, a you know a lovely right foot finish for the first goal, a lovely left foot finish for a dinked finish for the second goal, and obviously he had that headed winner against Spurs um, in midweek. So in four days he's had the perfect hat trick there. Um, and I just think that's that's just a, a lovely week for Bobby, who's who's had a lot of critics recently. But I think that the quality of the two goals was so, so high. Uh, and the rest of his link-up play and everything was really good today. So I'm I'm going to give it to Bobby two weeks running. Man of the match for me again today. Wonderful. And just to kind of um, uh, step in here, Steve Peets has um, got a point on the Morsala Um numbers that you kind of produced he's got some stats first sub to do that for Liverpool apparently Nina three goal involvements as a sub I mean that is incredible I mean he looked so hungry from the get-go didn't he and that's what you want you want absolute ruthless you know you want ruthless players you want clinical players and I think that was the tone and the, the, the tone of the game take your chances early and the teams will crumble you become wasteful teams grow and I think that is absolutely so so true and you know teams will fall apart with regards to Man of the Match, it's been really, really tough. Um, I think, you know, there have been so many great performances. For me, I was really, really impressed with them. I, I'm like a, I don't know, I kind of like champion the underdog. And I was like so, so, so impressed with what Naby Keita did. You know, the way he controlled that midfield. He made things flow. And, you know, and I love that about him. Uh, you know, I thought, you know, off the bench, Marcela was phenomenal. Um, absolutely incredible. But I am going to give it to um, Bobby Firmino as well because of what he did. Um, and also where he was as a player as well. And I feel like, you know, the, maybe the cop singing his name has kind of given him a new lease in terms of how he plays. But incredible, incredible stuff. Um, I'm, I'm very happy with this. I'm, I'm delighted. Um, Oh, okay. Um, uh, the tweet and them stats were from um Paul Gorst. Um, uh, so there you go. We we have referenced those numbers, guys. Thank you so much for joining us live. A massive thank you to our callers. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for contributing as always, Lubo and Steve Pizza and everybody else, and you know Gags and Pip who called in. Before um, uh, and a massive thank you to both. Sam and Dave, before I let them go, I'll let them do some plugs. Um, Dave, I will come to you first. Do you want to ruin Mandalorian for this one over here? Because we really don't like him today. <laughs> oh, no, I can't possibly do that. That one's got to be experienced, that one. But I'll be recording a, a podcast uh, review on Mandalorian on Monday. Ooh. So that'll probably be on, out on Tuesday. That'll be on the Comics in Motion podcast. 
And yeah, it's fair to say uh, there's going to be four of us on there and we'll all be gushing and predicting. Um, you could also get me on the VHS Strikes Back podcast as well. So that's more kind of retro movie reviews from the 80s and 90s. And I'm hopeful that at some point in the near future, I'll be able to announce a different kind of uh, podcast as part of the Anfield Index. But I'll keep my keep that under wraps for the minute until we've got you know a few more of the details ironed out you teasing stuff teasing stuff i love to see it (laughs) and you know can i make a suggestion for your mandalorian podcast can you um maybe um i don't know about you guys but the content i need is i'm not going to mention his real name because some people might not have seen it but baby yoda can he he needs to film a what i eat in a day kind of video like they need to do like a youtube video for him because he's positively gross also he would totally be in his element at the at the maharaja's banquet hall in the temple of doom oh he doesn't stop eating does he he does like pretty <laughs> grotesque as well let's let's just be honest and what about you sam where can people find you on twitter and i i do love having you on the podcast i love having both of you and to be fair you work so well together when when you were saying about suggestions for dave's uh mandalorian podcast there i thought you were going to say uh, suggest you go outside sam's house with a megaphone and make sure he has to listen to it. So I spoil the bloody thing for him. I thought, I thought you were going to go dark on me. That's bitchy as you. That's bitchy as you. <laughs> I thought you were going to be really harsh there, Chewy. But um, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so if, before I do the, the plugs, I just wanted to point out that, that win today, 7-0 away from home, it's the third biggest away win in the Premier League era, apparently, after Man United 8-1 at Nottingham Forest and that Leicester win at Southampton last season. So just to put into perspective how rare we get to see something like that. So just just savour it, guys, and it, it's something we can go into Christmas with, with a massive smile on our faces. And just something I noticed as well, I just loved the fact that the, when it came to the injury time at the end of the game... After seven goals and a bunch of substitutions, they just put a one-minute extra time up, and it was it's just like, like "Giff, isn't it? Stop, stop! He's already dead." Yeah, exactly. It yeah. was like in the stop. towel. It was, it was a, <laughs> a classic, as they say, "Stop the count" and all it. It was just they felt so sorry for Palace, and they went, "Salah's on the pitch. He's going to get his hat trick now for not careful." And they just put the board up. One minute, guys, get off the pitch. So I thought that was a nice bit of pity. Um, and just put them down gently, so I just made me chuckle a bit. Um, but regards to plugs, a bit of um, a shout out to the refs and the officiating there as well for you know yeah. their kindness. Yeah, I know. I was pissed off. I wanted more. I wanted uh, the, the funny thing was half time they were like, "Oh well, when Liverpool beat Palace three nil at nine nil last time, uh, however long ago it was, they were three nil up at half time. You never know type of thing." And I thought guys, we're not going to win 9-0. And then bloody hell, we weren't that far off, were we? If Taki put his chance away, uh, we'd have nearly been there. But um, yeah, so if if you guys have enjoyed the podcast today and thought we've had a bit of fun, uh, I suggest you go back and listen to the post-match podcast after the Spurs game because we were on with Harinda, uh, myself and Harinda were on today uh, on that one and I think we had a good laugh on that one as well. And if you want to catch up on Twitter at all, uh, my Twitter handle is at Sambo Evans. Give both of these excellent dudes a follow. They will enrich your timeline. I can confirm ha- that. And everyone have a great Christmas with the Reds at the top of the league. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, uh, 
please, I probably will not be speaking to you now till um, obviously post Christmas. So um, everyone that's listening, have a wonderful time, you know, uh, celebrating with your loved ones. Be safe and take care and, uh, you know, enjoy being on top of that tree. Uh, Till next time, take care, be safe and have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas and up the reds. Podcast Network.